Welcome to Psychos and Sociopaths. Today we're going to talk about Dorothea, what was our last name? Dorothea Puente. Dorothea Puente. Now, when I was actually reading her stuff, uh, she's actually called the Death House Landlady. And it kind of reminded me of the first one we did of uh, uh, Vicky Don John, uh, Jack. No, Vicky Don Jackson, yeah. Uh, but let's go into the show. Uh, Born January tw- or ninth of nineteen twenty nine. Uh, she uh, yeah. in nineteen eighty she ran a boarding house in Sacramento and murdered various elderly and mentally disabled boarders before cashing their social security checks. So, <clears throat> how do you murder a mentally challenged person? I mean, that that's like shooting a dog almost i mean not not to put it in that kind of perspective or anything like that but that's the only thing i mean they're they're simple people i mean it's that that's the kind of uh horrible and shitty person you have to be because you one people that are uh, mentally handicapped usually if they get all upset and everything like that Mm -hmm. it's more or less is like oh I, i didn't have my blanket yeah and here's your blanket back. I'm sorry that you lost it. Yeah. Oh, every everything in the whole freaking day is better now. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, she was born in Redlands, California. She was born, uh, her maiden name is Gray, G-R-A-Y, um, to Trudy May and Jesse James Gray. Um, she, had, she supposedly, allegedly had a traumatic upbringing. Her parents were both alcoholics, and her father repeatedly threatened to commit suicide in front of his children. Uh, her father died of tuberculosis in 37. Her mother lost custody of her children in 1938 and died in a motorcycle accident by the end of the year. Uh, Pointe and her siblings were sub- subsequently sent to an orphanage where she was sexually abused. Uh, her first marriage at the age of 16 in 1945 t- was to a soldier named Fred McFowl uh, between 46 and 48. She sent one child to live with relatives in Sacramento and placed the other for adoption. Uh, McFowell left her in 48 after she suffered a miscarriage. Um, after uh, In the spring of that year, she was arrested for purchasing women's accessories using forged checks in Riverside. She was charged and pled <laughs> Right. Um, I, I did. Uh, uh, oh, God. I got to that part, and I was like, woman, okay. And I was thinking, I was like, what kind of. There's some things you pay with cash. Well, I mean, it could have been anything from pantyhose to tampons to max, you know, anything, you know, but all that aside. No, it it had to have been like. uh, Her monthlies. Well, back then, no. Because they didn't, okay. The, I know vibrators weren't invented yet only because they didn't invent the bri, uh, the vibrator wasn't invented until like the electric toothbrush. Okay. That that's it, it's a weird fact. It it's a weird thing I went down uh, down to one day is uh I was looking at uh, cuz the electric toothbrush was made because of submarines. Mm-hmm. Because something something to do with the atmosphere and the pressure and everything like that. You had to have an electric toothbrush to actually uh get all the plaque and everything like that. Okay. Well, after that, I mean, natural thing. I mean, it's only a male crew, and one of the male crew probably was like, you know what? 
wonder what would happen if I put this in an orifice. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. That's well, probably what happened. Moving on. Um, <laughs> it's was, one of those weird facts that I right. remove life. Uh, she was charged and pled guilty to two counts of forgery. She served four months in jail and three years of probation. Six months after her release, she left Riverside. Um, she married a, uh, in 1952, she married a merchant marine, uh, uh, merchant marine by the merchant name Merchant seaman. Well, merchant marine. Yeah. Merchant, yeah, same thing. Anyway. Um, Axel Bren Johansson in San Francisco. She created a fake persona calling herself Taya uh, Singolia Niarda. Yeah, that's what we're going to go with. And she was claiming to be a Muslim of Egyptian and Israeli descent. That should have been a red flag. Um, they had a turbulent marriage. Gray would take advantage of Johansson's frequent trips to sea by inviting men to their home and gambling away his money. So she She's, was a whore. Hmm, awesome. Yeah. It sounds like she was born in the wrong decades. Um, she'd fit right in with a lot of women that run around these days. She really would. I mean, I know I know that's that's disparaging. Like, oh, he's misogynistic. No, let's just face it. You know this type of thing has been happening for, like... It, it has. Ever, uh, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it happened... It, it's, it's, it's been happening forever, so... But still, I mean... Pros- it, prostitution is the older prof- oldest profession. And you, you seem surprised about that. No, I'm not surprised that, that about it at all. doesn't surprise me at all. I'm not surprised about it. What I'm saying is it's just that, the fact that, you know what, I'm just not going to go down that road. <laughs> you can go down that road. So she was arrested in 1960 for owning and operating a brothel under, under the guise of a, of a book bookkeeping firm in Sacramento. So, whore. Yeah, whore. See? And, and then and, and, she, and she, she, she was a whore with control issues. Um, she was found guilty. She was sentenced to 90 days in the Sacramento County Jail in 1961. Johansson selling snatch, selling your snatch is only 90 days. Well, in the t- at the time, I guess it was. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Uh, see here, Johansson had Gray briefly committed to the uh, Dewitt State Hospital after uh, a, a binge of drinking, lying, criminal behavior, and suicide attempts. While there, doctors diagnosed her as a pathological liar with an unstable personality. <laughs> they divorced in 1966, although she would continue to use Johansson's name for some time following their separation. I hate to say this right now, and this is misogynist. I mean, you got like 80% of women that actually do that. Or that they get divorced and they they keep the other person's name? No, I'm talking about pathological liar. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Our, and, 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 very, very few women that I know that aren't a pathological liar. I mean, it might just be the circle that I uh, hang out with. Uh, and and our super friend is probably going to have, <laughs> have a heyday with us. It, it, but sh- I think a lot of it goes back to your upbringing. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to just yeah. throw that out there, yeah, it was. It's, it's a lot of it is the byproduct of the upbringing. When you're exposed to one parent or the other, doing and saying anything and everything to get their way and then they normalize that behavior yeah you know well, well I mean, it, what, what's like, what's like, what's to what's to keep this person well, okay so well it's also like the whole thing about having 80 percent of the men that are not pathological liars too oh yeah no it's on both, on both sides. sides yeah it's both sides i mean just i mean you know, i'm not i'm not, that, I'm, not but. I'm just putting it out there that it's it's like for both sides, it's like twenty yeah. percent of they're actually yeah. The world's cool. full of shit bags, you know, both men and women. Shit, shit pumps. pumps, 
shit pumps. The world is full of shit pumps on both sides of the gender equation. Yeah. And, and there are only two sides of this equation. There's an A and a B. So I want to bring that to the uh, United States. Shit pumps. Shit bring pumps. Them, yeah, bring shit pump. Back. Yeah, absolutely. I so, love that. Yeah, but, I mean, so staying off track for just a second here, you know, it, it you look at, I mean, the, one of the key factors of divorce nowadays is deception. So, yeah. And then if we're going to tie this all in here, when you're exposed, okay, so say for example, um, whether it be the mom or the dad, usually in this case, in a lot of cases, it's it's the dad has these grand ideas like, hey, I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy land, I'm going to build a house out here, we're going to have, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to set up our happy after, you know, happy ever after, right? Yeah. Mom doesn't like that because mom, well, mom's got grandiose, you know, delusions of grandeur about. The women's role versus the man's role, and the, you know, whatever. So they threaten divorce. Man sells land. Okay. Woman files for divorce anyway. Woman gets involved with, let's just say, less than reputable human beings. Marries said less than reputable human being. Woman's got a kid in tow. mom has to be put into a position where she has to either choose her husband or choose their kid mom finally wakes up pulls her head out of her fourth point of contact chooses the kid and then mom goes on and instead of marrying just has an affair with I don't know one maybe two married guys just so that way she can feel that companionship while still maintaining her independent role like okay come on we get it codependency is a thing but you know if we can if we can help it let's not pass that shit on to our kids oh that's definite you know because what's going to end up happening the kids going to swear up and down that they're not going to turn out to be like their mom and dad and they turn out to be a carbon copy of the parent that raised them and what's going to end up happening there they're going to repeat that cycle they're going to go out. They're going to get married. They're going to. They're going to. They're going to have a couple of kids, and then it starts happening. They start playing the part of this abused, neglected, you know, housefrau or you know, husband. I say housefrau. <laughs> housefrau for those of you who are less than linguistically gifted. That means housewife. Um, but either the man or woman sets themselves up you know in, in in their social circles as being less than loved less than appreciated and then either through their own delusional logic or through the enabling of the people that they run around with engage in an affair and the second that they get caught they're the victim right it's just, uh, it's, you take it's, that, you take that, which is basically the model for a lot of divorces pre, during, and post, right? You can plug that into this, into this profile that we're doing here today. It fits it to a T. She gets divorced because her husband's like, look, um, you gave up one of our kids for adoption. And you sent the other one away 
I'm out of here. Yeah. Dude cut his tie. I mean, he cut his losses. He's like, look, um, okay, I'm never going to see these kids again. What am I supposed to do? You know? And, the, and, and this was back in the, uh, what is it, the, the uh, uh, 48. Yeah. Okay. We are three years removed from World War Two. No, this is 52. No, 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 no. When her first husband left her. Oh, uh, go, go. Yeah. Her first husband left her. Yeah, he's like, hey, you know, because that whole social construct was supposed to be a wife, kid, you know, a a wife, two and a half kids, white picket fence, and a fucking dog, right? The wife, in this case, went a little bat, you know, batshit crazy. Ships one of her kids off to some relatives, gives the other one up for adoption, and then has a miscarriage because, let's just face it, because of her behavioral patterns that she later exhibited, she probably drank that one into miscarriage. Okay. Okay, so we, we, we've established this is this is a miserable human being. And we're not going to be like, oh, well, she was such a, a product of her upbringing. Yeah, she was a product of her upbringing. But what is the recurring theme that we always bring up in this show? That people have the conscious, you know, conscious choice to break their own cycles, right? Yeah, not she, be a she shit just, bag yeah, or a shit pump. Yeah, not be a shit pump. She chose to she she chose to be a shit pump. So and then she continues. She lies. She sets up this persona, marries this other guy under false pretenses, and now she's continuing to use her name use his name. Okay. And like when my first marriage ended, she changed her name really quick. And I'm not you know, I'm not uh you know, I'm not disparaging anybody that I'd been married to in the past. I'm not disparaging anybody that continues to use their married name because uh, there may be circumstances involved with it or whatever. But 90% of the time, it's just put out of pure, old, unadulterated laziness. And if the person's vindictive enough, they're going to keep that name because they know that if they go out there and they're sleeping around or they're, 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 you know, they're just making complete horse's asses out of themselves, what's the one thing that they're going to look at? They're going to look at the name. Yeah. And, well, and took, anytime you get, anytime that you go up and, and, and you're, you know, have any kind of degree of visibility out there, they're going to look and see your name and then you're going to be guilty by association. Like, oh, you're, you're related to so-and-so. That must mean you're the same person. And it's like, you know, or at least you're, you're cut of the same cloth and it's it just so totally not true. So the fact that she continued to use his name and, uh, uh, she, she, she assumed this identity of Sharon Johansson, and she was hiding her delinquent behavior by portraying herself as a kind Christian woman. Another red flag right there. It, you know, I, I, I'm a man of faith, okay? I am. I, I believe in the, the, the Son, the Father, the Holy Ghost, okay? I, I believe that the only, the only true way to salvation is through the Son, okay? That, that, that you have to, you know, give yourself to Him, in order to, you know, once you are called to leave this earth, in order to spend the eternity in heaven at the right hand of God, you know, at the right, you know, at the at the right hand of, of the throne of God, you you have to you have to do A, B, and C, right, and and, and you have to <clears throat> aspire to living your life a better way, okay. But she. It, in, it's in the in the Bible. This you know they, they they talk a lot about 
you know, with, with people who pray in public. They've already received their reward because they're being seen. Okay, whereas opposed to people who pray in private, they receive their rewards later because they're, 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 they're demonstrating true faith, right? You know, they're not doing it to be seen. You know, they're not like the Joel Osteens of the world. They're not like the Benny Hens or, uh, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, high-profile televangelists, right? She's, she's coming off as this Christian woman. She establishes her reputation as a caregiver by providing young women, women with a sanctuary from poverty, poverty and, uh, and abuse without charge, right? So she, she's opened up this halfway house, basically. She says, okay, give me your sick, your poor, your tired. Give me your abused, your beaten, your downtrodden, and you can stay here free of charge until you get back on your feet. And she establishes herself in the good graces, right? All the while... At night, when she's laying there in bed, she's probably thinking up some really fucked up shit. It's like, it, like I said, this this story kind of, it, it's kind of a mixture. Because it's kind of like H.H. H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. In the boarding house and everything like that. She, yeah. It's, it's like a, I guess the best way to describe it is probably a... Uh, not necessarily a copycat, but more like an homage. No, I was going to say Roach Hotel. Oh, well, Roach Hotel. Yeah, okay. Uh, basically, she has the people come in, say she's going to take care of them. Then she takes care of them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so then in 1968, she married Roberto Jose Puente. After 16 months, the couple separated. There's a pattern. At a certain point, you have to wonder, it's not them, it's me. <laughs> So, yeah, but with the people like that, they don't think it's them. It's always the other person. Well, right, because, you know, again, we're, well, we're talking about those those underlining narcissistic qualities. Yeah. Well, I say qualities. We'll just call them traits. I, I, to this day, I still think of uh, Justified. There was a scene where uh, – God, I can't even think of his name right now. Marshall uh, Gibbons. Yeah. He was – and, th- and, th- and this is day to day. This is what you can like live your life by, uh, by, you know, by this if you want. But he basically says, if you go out and you met somebody that was an asshole or a shit pump, we'll say shit pump. We'll change it up. We can do that. We'll say shit pump. Uh, you find a person as a shit pump. You met a shit pump. Yeah. But. If you go around town again the next day and everybody's a shit pump, you're the shit pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't don't understand and get that. Yeah. It's it's really sad. But um so again, after sixteen months they separated. Uh she cited domestic abuse as the as the main cause. Now she may have been getting beat. And and I love how Bill Burr he he, he had that stand up routine. He's like, I know where you're going. He's like, I'm not saying they say you shouldn't hit a woman. I'm not saying that you should. Because I'm also not saying that there's not a reason to. You know? <laughs> I mean, now again, let me let, let let us let us as Angry Meat Production quantify this. We do not condone domestic violence. We especially do not condone domestic violence against women. Because it takes no kind of man with any kind of backbone 
moral upbringing, background, whatever. You are projecting major baby dick energy if you hit a woman simply because you can. No, okay, I'm going to get on this story real quick. Uh, on something like that, though, uh, I remember this thing on cops. It, it, cops have been around forever, so you'd have to like look down deep in the rabbit hole for this one. But what it was was uh, they came in and they did the domestic violence. And mm-hmm. this woman comes up and is like, he hit me, he hit me. Look, she had like a little scratch right about that big. It, if uh, it, like Maybe half an inch. Half, maybe half of an inch. Mm-hmm. And it was a defensive wound from the guy that was in a fucking corner that was beaten half to death. Of course, they arrested her. I don't know why, but... But... I say defend yourself. Yeah, stand your ground. Yeah. And you know, see, because... Don't, don't go stupid crazy. Like a lot of people, especially these days, when they get this anonymity that they get when they hide behind this keyboard and the screen... They they've forgotten what it means to get punched in the mouth, you know. You you, you know you had people that sounded off and they were loud mouths and they were just kind of general pains in the asses during the eighties and nineties. But we were able to handle our shit without bringing a gun to school, or you know we were able to handle our shit without you know without social media getting involved because we just we just handled it like all right I'll meet you after school or I'll meet you in the parking lot or. It's called the Connex Box uh, yeah. Disagreement. You know, or, you know, in the Army, we, we just called it wall-to-wall counseling. Yeah. Okay. So, but, it, I mean, they, they, she attempted to serve him with a divorce, or a, a divorce petition, but Puente fled to Mexico. The divorce wouldn't be finalized until 73. Uh, the continue, or they, would, they would continue to have a relationship, but it, albeit, was a turbulent one. Um. She filed a restraining order against him in 75, and she would go on as Dorothy Puente for more than 20 years. Now, with her third marriage, how can, how can we kind of describe this without it being pegged as being bigoted? But you, you do see a lot, or, or at least hear a lot of stories about Hispanic men being very abusive to their women. And I don't know if that's part of the culture or what. I, I'm not entirely sure. I, I'm admittedly not educated enough there to speak well about it. But it's just, just, it's, just, it's just things that you, you, you hear. And you see occasionally, but then you kind of write that off as maybe like an isolated incident or whatever. Yeah. But you, you do hear about it a lot. I mean, and it goes on both sides where, you know, where the Hispanic men tend to be a little bit more violent, but then again, Hispanic women, you, you really don't want to cross them, you yeah. know, but, um, so, uh, you know, what's really sad though. Yeah. Not, not to, okay. There's the last thing we'll get back on topic. Uh, you might hear a lot of, uh, of a Mexican woman being very fiery and everything like that. But every time I've told somebody that I was like, Oh, you think you had it bad? I was like, dude, I was married to a Filipino woman. Every person I have ever talked to were always like, oh, 
I'm sorry. Do you do you need like special kind of help, like therapy or anything? I was like, no, nah, I, I already had it. <laughs> yeah, right. But it, but getting back on topic, in 1978, uh, Gray was charged and convicted of illegal, uh, illegally cashing 30. Uh, 34 state and federal checks that belong to her uh, tenants. Yeah, but yeah, but leading leading up to that real quick. Um, following her divorce from Puente, okay, um, she would focus on running a boarding house at 21st and F Streets in Sacramento. Uh, yeah. She established herself as a genuine resource to the community to aid alcoholics. She said they they put up that public persona, um, the homeless, mentally ill, by holding a, a AA meetings. Uh, she assisted individuals to, uh, you know, s- to sign up for Social Security benefits. Uh, she changed her public image to that of a respectable older matron by putting on vintage clothing and wearing large granny glasses. She straight up looks like a Walmart Estelle Getty. Okay, yeah, I can see what you're getting at. Yeah, so um, she let her hair turn gray. She established herself as a respected member of Sacramento's Hispanic community. She funded charities, scholarships, radio programs. Uh, she eventually met with and, and married a Pedro Angel Montalvo, or Montalvo, Montalvo. Though um, <coughs> Montalvo abruptly left the relationship after only a week after their marriage. Oh wow! This dude, he 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 let himself get duped. He hit it, and he was like, "This bitch is crazy." You know what? The only thing I can actually say is. Uh, if I if I actually have sex with a woman again or date a woman again, we'll just go with dating a woman again. Uh, if the sex is like fantastic, unbelievable, and everything, yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, run away. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, crazy okay. is the best kind of loving, but Let, let's okay. It's so crazy. Okay. Yeah. See, because there's there's different levels of sex, right? You, you've got that they lay there like a lump on a log. And then you've got the ones that are, they get a little into it, but then they're like, oh, I can't do this, this, and this because I don't want to feel trashy, right? Those are the ones you got to start looking off for those, right? That, that's where that's where your that's where your radar starts going off a little bit, like it's like a faint, distant blip off in the horizon. And then you got the one that uh, tries to throw you off, and you're like riding a freaking bronco bronco. Well, I, you know, no, it, it, you got the ones that are like. You know, once one you get past the whole trashy thing, right? And then once they've established themselves as being enough of a victim, then then they're like, well, I need to start exploring some more. So maybe I can attract a different kind of man. When in reality, they just downgrade because they get the ones that'll do those types of things to them, but don't respect them because while they're screwing you, they're screwing everybody else too. So that all that aside. Okay, now on the flip side of it. On the flip side of it, okay. You, you, you can, you can turn have, this into a dating show? You can have, like, <clears throat> amazing, mind-blowing, multi-orgasmal sex, right? That lasts for minutes to maybe hour, hour and a half, two hours at a time. Multiple times a day, several times a week. Until we were, you are both low on blood sugar and you're having to tap out because you have reached the limits of your physical ability, right? In order for a woman or even a man to be able to do that kind of a thing, I have learned 
that there is you've got to have that connection that goes way past the physical because you got that physical attraction here and then everything else that's a more of a substance you know substantive nature hides behind that wall right you've got that that mental intellectual and then even spiritual connection on the back side of it so you got to like try to figure out a way to hurdle the physical to get to the good stuff establish yourself in here and then you can backtrack and this becomes much much better right yeah so montalvo bully bully on you dude bravo we're gonna give you the golf clap this is the we're gonna christen something today what's up the angry me golf clap okay okay so now he he left the relationship after a week after their marriage now well like you were saying in 78 she was convicted Charged and convicted of illegally cashing 34 state and federal checks belonging to her tenants, she was given five years probation in order to pay $4,000 in restitution. So it's like, okay, how much money did she end up getting away with? She only had to pay back 4000 That kind of sounds like they she actually got more money. But it 4, does. 4000 Yeah. But 4000 okay, okay. yeah, even okay. in 78. If we, did, if we do the math. Yeah, even in 78, 4000 was a lot of money. But... 30, let me let me find out. Thirty-four checks. What is it? Social Security check. I mean, because the Social Security checks, I don't think they're taxed, right? Now I have to check. Actually, that. you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Social Security, I think might be taxed. But anyways, um, if you're listening out there and you know one side or the other. Please leave a leave, leave leave feel free to leave a comment on the YouTube channel or go to our Facebook page and send us a message. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, okay. Eighty-five percent of your Social Security income will be taxable. Okay, so twenty-five percent. All right. So, but anyways, look at me. I, I want to. I want. You know what? Uh, yeah. Now, now you got me curious about something. So let's do. <sighs> no, not no. There we go. Have to use the super but awesome copy and paste. Okay, so Adjusted for the current year-over-year -year inflation rate, okay, which is now 5.39%, okay? Okay, now I can The value see of like $4,000 $4, from 1978 to 2021, if she were to do that today, she would have made, she, she would have, you know, we're just saying 4000 Let's just say that they made her, you know, Payback, dollar for dollar. Okay, we're just assuming that that's the case. Okay. She would have cash. She would have had to have paid restitution of sixteen thousand six hundred sixty-eight dollars and forty-seven cents. That's a cumulative price change of three hundred sixteen point seven one percent. Average inflation rate, roughly about three point three seven. Right. So we're talking price difference of about twelve thousand six sixty-eight forty-seven there. Well, the amount they were given back then was, I mean, in 1975, what I'm guessing when she started this is uh, the eligibility, there we go, my dyslexia almost stopped me on that one, 
was uh, only $157.70. So she'd had to have a lot of people for... 35 checks is what they said. 35 checks? 34. 34 checks. 34 checks, state and federal Okay, that checks. makes sense then. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense, but still, still a shit pump. Yeah, still. So now we're going to get into the murders here. So we're talking about April of 1982. She, uh, 61-year-old Ruth Monroe began living with Puente in her upstairs apartment, but soon died from an overdose of codeine and acetaminophen. Um, she told police that the woman was very depressed because her husband was terminally ill. They believed her and ruled the death as a suicide. A few weeks later, the police returned to Mal- uh, after Malcolm McKenzie, a 74-year-old pensioner, one of four elderly people Puente was accused of drugging, accused Puente of drugging and stealing from him. And on August 18th of 82, she was convicted of three theft charges and sentenced to five years in prison. There she began corresponding with Everson uh, Gilmuth, a 77-year-old retiree from Oregon. A pen pal friendship developed, and when Puente was released in 85, after serving three of her five years, she met, uh, he met her outside the prison driving a red 1984 pickup truck. Uh, the relationship developed quickly, and the couple was soon making wedding plans. Oh, God. God, that's another good sign. Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. First time we met face-to-face, I picked her up my F-150 outside the prison. Yes, sir. You almost have to, like, imagine he had a spittoon or a spit bottle, you know, holding you sitting in the cup holder of that truck. It wasn't even, well, I could see the spittoon. You know, and, 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 and with a name like Everson Gilmuth. You know he wasn't a Copenhagen man. He was probably a cherry skull guy. He he, he does seem that he was. God. Or no no, I chew Levi Garrett. Um. <laughs> I get me some red man. Red man. I just put it in my lip and never dang. I cut that jaw off like I do cancer, and I stick it in my mouth and chew it. Yeah. Mm. Got any biscuits and mustard in there? Mm. I found me a wife. She's getting out tomorrow. How did we go to, like, we're profiling her and we're bashing this poor guy? Yeah, that's what's really sad. And the fact is that he's not even alive anymore to defend himself. He was 77 at the time that they met. Yeah. And you know that at the very least that pickup was paid for because he managed his money well. Yeah, because oh, yeah, it was 1980. Okay, yeah. You know, and trucks back then were still relatively cheap. Yeah. You know, and like these fifty, sixty thousand dollar monstrosities that we got rolling around now today. You know, well, we got off road. What are you talking about? Fifty thousand. Oh, sixty, sixty-seven, seventy thousand dollar trucks. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. about seventy-eight. Yeah, they're, yeah. A ho- they're a house now. Yeah, they are. They are a house now. But me and dad, and, and most of them are what pavement princesses because I got four wheel drive in case I need it. Dude, your truck hasn't seen the edge of your driveway in like three months. What are you talking about off-road? You got these chrome wheels, low-profile tires. Your truck's jacked up. You didn't adjust your speedometer, and you didn't raise your suspension. You blow your buddy driving down the road while you're listening to Florida Georgia Line. Get out of here. I mean, on one of those, on one of those, <laughs> that was that was a good rant. That was a good rant. I have to, I have to plug. We'll do the angry meat golf clap. Okay. Oh, that sounded, that sounded yeah, different. Yeah, that, sound, was, that sounds like a, it. Sounds like an angry me fap. That's what that is. Sounds like, like we're. Yeah. Yeah, we we need to work on that one so it doesn't sound too gay or. Uh, or you, we can't even do like the, like the like, can't even call it like the angry me or like the the the, the amp pound. Be like, because that sounds wrong too. 
God, yes. It's like you're a two-pump chump. Ha-ha. In the, in the comments, try to help <laughs> us out on that one. Yes. <laughs> Add to the content of the show. Leave a comment on our Facebook page. Leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Do anything and everything to get a hold of us to say, hey, look, I've got a great idea. And if we, and if we, and if we like your idea enough and we incorporate it and it becomes the standard, you know what? You'll get the first of the new run of T-shirts when they come out. There. It's on record. I still need to get talk to the artist okay right, so moving on okay now all right uh, um, 85 november of 85 she hired isma uh, ismail flores to install some wood paneling in her apartment oh my god 85 lady. okay picture this a den shag rug carpeting that you know kicks up rabbits every time you open the door and is that wood paneling that goes all the way around what is with that fucking wood i paneling? hate that wood paneling okay yeah. anyways um she, he, he, she, he's installing the wood paneling in her apartment for his labor and $800. Uh, Pointe gave him the red Ford pickup, which she stated belonged to her boyfriend in Los Angeles, who no longer needed it. She asked Flores to build a 6 by 3 by 2 foot box to store, quote, books and other items, end quote. Um, then she asked Flores to transport the filled sealed box to a storage depot. Flores agreed and Pointe assisted him. Uh, she told Flores to stop while they were on the Garden Highway in Souter County and dump the box of junk on the riverbank at an unofficial household uh, junk dumping site. On January 1 of 86, a fisherman spotted the suspicion coffin-like box near the river and called police. Inside the box, investigators found a badly decomposed and unidentifiable body of an elderly man inside. Anyway, um, it didn't take Pontiac a lot. He continued to collect Guildmas pension and wrote letters to his family, explaining that the reason he had not contacted them was because he was ill. She continued to maintain a boarding house, taking in forty new tenants. Guildmas' body remained unidentified for three more years. Uh, Pointo continued to accept elderly boarders and was popular with local social workers because she accepted referrals of the tough cases, including drug addicts and abusive tenants. She collected tenants' most or monthly uh, uh, mail before they saw it and paid them st stipends, pocketing the rest for, quote, expenses. During this period, parole agents visited points at least 15 times. Though she had been ordered to keep away from the elderly and refrain from handling government checks, no violations were ever noted. Suspicion was first aroused when neighbors noticed the odd activities of a homeless alcoholic known as Chief, whom points had stated she had adopted more or less, and hired as her handyman. Points I had chief dig in the basement and sort and cart soil and rubbish away in a wheelbarrow, and at the time, the basement floor was covered with a concrete slab. Chief later dismantled a garage in, in the backyard and installed a fresh concrete slab there as well. I wonder if he put rebar in it. Soon afterwards... You can't put rebar with bodies. I, I know. I was being facetious. Oh, okay. And for those of us who don't have... $20 vocabularies that they'll never pay back. Facetious means sarcastic. And now you know. No one's half the battle. Um, soon afterward, Chief disappeared. Don't ever do that again. What the? Hey. Yeah, it looked creepy. All right, well, hold on. I can do the whole Rick and Morty thing. Yes. <laughs> um, Fuck it, I'm in. Right? You son of a bitch, it's I'm in. Man. On November 11th of 1988, police inquired about the uh, after the uh, disappearance of tenant Alberto Montoya. My name is Alberto Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I don't know why I heard that. Anyways, I mean, I, she literally died. There's 
man. Yeah, I mean, she just kept going. A developmentally disabled man with schizophrenia who had been reported missing by a social worker after noticing disturbed soil on the property. They uncovered the body of tenant Leona Carpenter, 78. Seven bodies were eventually found buried on the property. She was charged with a total of nine murders. Pointz's boyfriend, Everson Gilmeth, 77, and eight tenants who lived at the boarding house. Ruth Monroe, 61, Leona Carpenter, 78, Alvaro Bert or Alberto Gonzalez Montoya, 51, Dorothy Miller, 64, Benjamin Fink, 55, James Gallup, 62, Vera Faye Martin, 64, and Betty Palmer, 78. Remember those names. According to investigators, most of the, her victims had been drugged until they overdosed. Uh, pointed then wrapped them in bed sheets and plastic lining before dragging them to the open pits in the burial in the, in, in the backyard for burial. Uh, during the initial investigation, she was not immediately a suspect, and she was allowed to leave the property, uh, property obstinately, to buy a cup of coffee at a nearby hotel. Instead, after buying coffee, she fled immediately to Los Angeles, where she befriended an elderly male pensioner, whom she had met in a bar. Unbeknownst to Puente, the pensioner recognized her as the woman he saw in television news reports. He contacted local law enforcement, who then quickly arrested Puente. Good for him. Good for him. Look at you, dude, all up on it, man. Come on now. Granting a change of venue motion filed by Puente's lawyers, Kevin Climo and Peter Vaughton III, a judge, transferred the trial to Monterey County. The trial began in October of 92 and ended a year later. Prosecutor John O'Mara was the homicide supervisor in Sacramento County's district attorney's office. He called over 130 witnesses and argued to the jury that Puente had used sleeping pills to put her or to put her tenants to sleep, then suffocated them and hired convicts to dig the holes in her yard. Climo concluded his closing argument by showing a picture of commonly used, or a, a picture commonly used in psychology that can be viewed in different ways, saying, "Keep in mind, things are not always as they seem." The judge deliberated for over a month or the jury rather the jury deliberated for over a month and eventually found points of guilty of three took murders a month after this one right i mean the fact that they even let her i mean like oh you're not a suspect right here no lady this is your property yeah we're gonna look at you you know i mean at the very least you're under house arrest you can't leave the property well they period. even gave her that and she still no they I mean they let her leave the property it's like who you know what okay anyways Moving on, because that's just a whole other soapbox right there. I think I think that was just basically the whole, uh, oh, but it's just grandma type deal. Optics, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, the jury was deadlocked 11 to 1 for conviction on all the counts, and the lone holdout finally agreed to conviction on uh, the first uh, of, of two first-degree murder counts, including special circumstances and one second-degree murder count. The penalty phase of the prosecution was highlighted by her prior convictions introduced by O'Mara. Um, the defense called several witnesses who showed points that had a generous and caring side to her. Witnesses, including her long-lost daughter, testified, wow, they dug her uh, adopted daughter up? Or which daughter was this? The one that got adopted? Or... Or the, or the one that she it sent It probably off. wasn't one of her long-lost daughters. It was probably just someone that they Crisis found. Crisis actor, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was Los Angeles, Los Angeles area. Yeah. Somebody just begging to break in. It's, it's one of those She's things. She's probably casting, or casting couch before they wheeled her into the courtroom. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. 
<laughs> Back then, horrible. the couch was actually made out of leather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you had to clean with the uh, Windex. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, witnesses, including her long-lost daughter, testified it <laughs> helped them in their youth and guided them to successful careers. Mental health experts testified points as abusive upbringing and how it motivated her to help the less fortunate at the same time. They agreed she had an evil side brought on by the stress of caring for her down-and-out tenants. Omer's closing arguments focused on Pointe's acts of murder. Okay, I think that this is an excerpt here. Um, does anyone become responsible for their conduct in this world? These people were human beings. They had a right to live. They did not have a lot of possessions, no houses, no cars, only their social security checks and their lives. She took it all death is the only appropriate penalty i like that it's very stern very forceful very to the point yep the because of cal uh because of the time frame they did not kill her and she died in natural carters at 82 in march 27th 2011 yeah she was 82 years old <sighs> wow she okay. lived way too long yeah well there, there there's two sides on this uh, and and, and, and I, you know she I, had people looking out for her in prison though. Like you got better leave Grammy, you know, Grandma and alone. She was able to do it on the outside. What makes you think she couldn't do it on the inside? Yeah, this is true. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love this because you get down to the media section of it, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's been featured on numerous crime, true true crime television shows, including Crime Stories, Deadly Women, A Stranger in My Home, and World's Most Evil Killers. 91, there was a film called Evil Spirits starring Karen Black and Artie Johnson, loosely based on the murders. 98, she began corresponding with Shane Bugby. The result was Cooking with the Serial Killer, which came out in 2004, including a lengthy, a lengthy interview, almost 50 recipes. So, Soylent yeah, Green. Um <laughs> How to serve man as a cookbook. Well, I actually, I actually was thinking, I mean, if she actually didn't drug these people and just slit their throats, she could probably just pull a sweet Todd. Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm going to see here. Um, the boarding house at 1426 F Street in Sacramento was also was included in the 2013 home tour held by the uh, Sacramento Old City Association. It was the subject of the 2015 documentary short, the house is innocent, and it was again open to tours for one day in conjunction with a local film festival showing the film. 2015, the Ghost Adventurers crew investigated the house due to reports of hauntings by the victims and Pointa herself. Yeah, at that point, I'd just say burn the damn thing to the ground. But No, you burn the ground and salt the, uh, so salt yeah, the ashes. Yeah, yes, salt the ashes, because we all know that spirits are... are susceptible to salt rock rock salt whatever salt uh, salt it's just salt. just salt yeah um 2020 april 2020 the house and current owners are showcased in the quibi series house or murder house flip what what the fuck now i'm gonna have to go look that up yes um i'm looking up right now what are you talking about i'm not waiting june on june 2020 the house was featured in a 10 minute documentary with 60 second docs about the purchase and renovation of the house by the current owners no, again, raise that thing to the ground, salt the foundation, salt the earth, and start over. Just a whole lot of no. The host looks so happy. 
Hold on, let me. I'm, 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 oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling this up too here. Yeah. Uh, Oh, this is interesting. October twenty second of twenty twenty, Mr. Beast. He's a so he's a YouTube TikTok. Yeah, I know who he is. Okay, he was turned down by Quibi before the app went bust. Hmm. And if you've seen any of his videos, this dude gives away money like it's going out of style. Yeah, because he makes a shit ton of money. He, uh, he was talking about uh, how he does his stuff. It, basically, any money that he gets, he pushes it towards the business. Mm-hmm. He, he, he takes it as a capitalist thing. Uh, any money, any money that he makes on it, that's like extra and everything. Yeah, uh, he takes the sniffling, but then again, he goes in and he gives most of it away. Yeah, I, yeah, but but uh, it helps him. It's one of those things. It, it he makes more money giving uh, so much money away. Yeah. Could you imagine doing the show and you find a body? I wonder how many times. God, this just—I knew this would have been a good show. I—I I, I thought about this like years ago. Yeah. But like me, I mean, I can—I can say I thought about this, but I don't have any proof, so I can't really say anything about it. But it's one of those things is I thought of. I was like, man. You could probably renovate those things and make a bunch of money because it it has history. Yeah, there, there's a neat, very niche market for yeah. people who want to buy things associated with serial murders. So, yeah. But they beat me to it. Right, yeah. So, yeah, we have to sit here and flail at this very single-A ball podcast just talking about things like this. Yeah, I know. One of these days, Coach is going to call us up and we're going to get to double and triple-A. One day we'll be in the show. <laughs> one day we'll actually be at back. Uh, uh, the ones known for mysterious murders and one day integrity committed one, within these walls. One day, walls. one day, we'll be able to write advertisements into our show. Just randomly, just go. Hey, speaking of this, speaking of foundations, blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know. But anyways. But anyways, uh, yeah, she's just a regular shit, bu- uh, shit pump. Yep, so good riddance. Yeah. Know. I, I kind of wish that she didn't die of natural causes. And, and going into the whole, uh, a lot of people go, oh, they need to be committed. Uh, I, I honestly think they should have, like, a, a psych profile done on these people. Like, Ted Bunny, uh, Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. he should have been killed fast. Because he didn't have any remorse or anything no, like that. No. He, he's one of those people who's like, all right, we're going to fry this motherfucker up. But there's some people out there that actually feel guilt. And I I believe, like, a life behind bars, it would be a, a more suited punishment. Because they have to live with that guilt every day. Yeah, but that. then you're going to eventually, you're going to find those people that are intelligent enough or they're going to find the right defense team that's going to get them to slip into one crack or one, you know, uh, you know, they're going to find a way to get them out of the appropriate punishment. Yeah. So, you know, we just stick with the standard. Hey, look, you committed murder. Here's the standard for it. Based on the severity of your crime, we recommend the maximum. And then you can go from there. And, let the and jury depending argue. on how many witnesses you have on that, go ahead and yeah. try them. I mean, if you've got creditable witnesses that can physically put you there, 
They can identify you, regardless of the amount of time that's passed. Um, they they can, you know, if they can they can pick you out of a lineup, or they they can, you know, if they've got any kind of photographic video or forensic evidence that could put you there. To where it is an airtight slam dunk, no doubt. Michael Jordan is superior to LeBron James type case. Then, then you get the maximum. But anything after that, anything below that standard, yeah, I mean, you're going to have that deliberation. You can, the jury's going to sit there and argue back and forth, and you know, I don't know. But yeah. But anyways, yeah, uh, that's the end of this show. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, go ahead and well, well, go ahead and smash that share button and the subscribe subscribe button. Get the little bell right over here. You got those. Up thumbs and down thumbs all the way down over there. Give us a good vote. Leave comments in the section below here on YouTube. Go to Spotify. Go to Instagram. Give us a follow on both. If you have Apple Podcasts, go there. Leave us a five-star rating. Even if it's not a good review, just leave us a five-star rating anyway. We don't care. Um, we're working on Patreon. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at AngryMeProduct, or at AngryMe1. Let me double-check that. Hold on. I should know this by now because I run the damn account. Um... At, ang- uh, at angry me product one on Twitter, but uh, yeah. Um, What's sad is, is you need to send me the stuff on for that, and I'll have to uh, put it all in the description again. Yeah. I need I need to make a, uh, what I need to do is I need to make a uh, uh, a script for all the stuff that needs to be put into the thing yeah. the description. You know what we should probably do too. Is we need to take like <coughs> take our episodes, and we can just take like little like I, excerpts. I, I I tried that. Well, we take excerpts from our conversations, right? And we break them down, and we start a TikTok page. Yeah, we could probably do that. Okay. I think that would be simple enough, and you could actually run that. Is just, you know, based on the algorithm, the way it works is you can look at the analytics. What time is the, the best time to post the video? And then based on the number of hashtags that you put in the description, will circulate that video to more people to their For You pages. Okay. And yeah, but anyways, digressing. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, we'll have this one up. Today is Saturday. So this Later will be, on today. this one, this one, this, this, this is a very unique opportunity just because of the, of our work schedules. Um, no, we don't do this for a living, people. We do this for your benefit, not ours. Um, this will be a. Uh, I do it for the psychos and sociopaths. Uh, uh, you do it for the clout. You know, for the clout, right? Yeah, I want to be. I want to be YouTube famous. You want to be YouTube famous? God, I hate that. I want to do place. it. I want to do it for the Vine. Um, God, you remember Vine? That well, we still got one more episode. Yeah. Got anyway, so. You totally jacked me up here. Okay, yeah. So uh, this this episode's going to be a fresh out of the. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be a same day made. It's gonna be like a Copenhagen chewer's dream, getting same day Copenhagen. So it's gonna be a same day episode. So I hope you all enjoy listening to it as much as we thoroughly enjoyed making it. God, yeah. There's a little bit of Ozzy and Harriet for you. Yeah. But uh, until then, I'm David Dickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton. And thank you for watching. Goodbye. <laughs>